What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. Uh, for more Cowboys content, make sure that you check out the website, adcsports.com slash Dallas. And remember that the show, as always, is presented to you by our friends over at Freeman Mazda. Net. And later on the show, we will actually get into the Freeman Mazda stat of the week as well regarding the Cowboys matchups versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Because let's talk about it. And listen, let me start off by saying this. What we will do over the next few days, whether you're watching Primetime, whether you're watching Skywalker Steel or whatever Cowboys show content that you're consuming, it is tough that... We are previewing a game in which the Cowboys have no Dak Prescott, no Tyron Smith, no Michael Gallup, and they are facing a team that was in the Super Bowl in February, a team that has Joe Burrow, who walked away with what was supposed to be Dak Prescott's Comeback Player of the Year award after he and his offense demonstrated what they could do in 2021. It is not an easy position to be in I believe to discuss this game in an objective manner because we are looking at a game that the Cowboys apparently should not have a shot at winning however this is the NFL we know what happened in week one uh, we know about the results Geno Smith beating Russell Wilson uh, you know Mitchell Trubisky beating Joe Burrow we know what happened last year when Cooper Rush went ahead in week eight and beat the Minnesota Vikings. And I want to be very clear. This is not me hyping you up, saying that, oh, everything can happen in the NFL. So let's go, Cowboys. This is not it. However, what I am trying to say is we will take a look at this football game like we would any other because the NFL season is short. And we'll talk about the matchups. We'll talk about where the Cowboys could end up exploiting the Bengals. And if there is a path to victory, what would it look like, even if it's a bleak picture ahead for the Cowboys on Sunday? So welcome, everyone, into the show. That's exactly what we will do tonight. Uh, David Sherman says, highly doubtful. And I, hey, I agree regarding, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if this is regarding the result of Sunday. The Cowboys are eight-point underdogs or seven-and-a-half-point underdogs, even though they are the home team. And they're facing a pissed off Bengals, Bengals team after they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers last weekend. Charlene Evans says Sean Payton's not coming to this circus. Man, I, I, I know the Sean Payton conversation has to take place at this point, but I'm not a fan of the conversation. Professor O says Dallas is going to try to be Appalachian State this week. How about App State? getting that win last weekend, just like they did years ago versus Michigan. Now they did it versus Texas A&M. That was, that was an amazing football game from App State. Kenneth Fraser says, I like the shirt. It's more appropriate. Hey, we've got the color right this time. You will not see me wear orange tomorrow or tomorrow night. Let's get into the show, though. Let's talk about, let's talk about the one matchup that the Cowboys could exploit versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Because in my opinion, that is the Bengals offensive line. Listen, I'm not even going to hate on the talent 
that the Bengals have over there in Cincinnati. Because make no mistake about it, there is talent. They've got Lyle Collins at right tackle. They've got Alex Kappa and Ted Karras on the interior. They're building that offensive line. Even Cordell Bolson, who is a rookie and is supposed to be the weak spot of that Bengals unit, was actually pretty decent for his NFL debut. There were some rough moments for sure, but overall, you could say that this Bengals offensive line talent-wise is legit. Like, they're solid. They're not a weak unit like many would paint them. However, there are some issues on the Bengals offense. And what I am talking about, you have probably heard by now that Joe Burrow was the most sacked quarterback in 2021. He was sacked over 50 times. No one else was sacked over 50 times in 2021. Only Joe Burrow. Does that mean that his offensive line sucked? In part, yeah. But also, there are a lot of issues when you look at this Bengals off offense in general. They seem to have constant problems of communication. There seems to be an awful lot of times in where, uh, where they're... Scheme protections are clearly not polished because you will see a lot of free rushers when you tune into a Bengals game. There's just something about the way that they communicate their assignments and how they set their pass pro schemes that is troublesome. The Cowboys have a defensive coordinator that can get creative with the blitzes a defensive coordinator that can get creative with the looks that it gives the Bengals unit. And we saw that versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. We saw that over the entire 21 uh, season. Dan Quinn knows how to confuse an offensive line. And, and that's something that I am looking forward to on Sunday. We know that this defense needs to keep the Cowboys alive because otherwise it will be a rough stretch of games without Dak Prescott. But I will be looking right at what the Cowboys do with those defensive looks because the Bengals will have these kind of issues in which their hot routes are just uh, don't necessarily make sense when you're looking at what Joe Burrow has at his disposal to, co to combat the blitz, for example, especially because this is a Bengals team that will not shy away from he heading into the field in empty sets. For example, they will run a lot of empty. And that means that your offensive line needs to be on point Big, and you need to be on point as a quarterback to throw the hot route, depending on where the blitz is coming from. And sometimes the Bengals didn't seem to have those options at Burrow's disposal just based on the play design. And we saw that versus the Tennessee Titans, for example, in the playoffs where the Titans would just load up the items of scrimmage, kind of forcing the Bengals to guess where the blitz was coming from. And the Titans got them every single time because Joe Burrow didn't have a hot route available to him, depending on the side of the of, of the slide protect from the offensive line. So the offensive line would slide towards the left. The Titans would respond in a perfect manner, just dropping into coverage from, on the other side. Uh, no, from, from the slide side, actually, and just taking away every possibility for Joe Burrow. This is a scheme that as much as we love Joe Burrow as football fans and we love Jamar Chase, it has its problems. It definitely does. And then you look at Joe Burrow's pressure rate last year, and it was about a middle-of-the-pack number for the Bengals. 
you don't necessarily see a pressure Joe Voro every single play, yet you see the sacks. And that also has to do with Burrow's heroics. This is a quarterback that likes to extend the plays. We know how cool he can be as a player in the NFL. We know that he can make those plays. We know that he has a pretty accurate arm. But he will take a lot of sacks. And when Michael Parsons is rushing the passer, you know that he can get there fast. So that's the matchup that I would be looking at all Sunday the Cowboys defensive front versus the Bengals offensive line. But I do want to be very clear that when I say this, I'm not I'm not hating on the Bengals offensive line because it feels to me that the national media has had that conversation over the past few days. They have tried to impose this narrative that the old oh, Bengals didn't imp- improve their talent at the offensive line. This is a unit that has that, that, that's still a poor unit. And maybe overall it is. But in talent, they did improve drastically. However, there are areas that the Cowboys can still exploit. And I think that confusing them and loading up the line of scrimmage, getting mucked up linebackers in there will go a long way in order to achieve that and get to Dak Prescott and get to Joe Burrow, excuse me, and get to Joe Burrow. I think they can, I think they can really do it. And I think they can get those sacks and you know, I don't want to see uh, sound over optimistic or anything like that. I'm just going to say these ugly games can lead you anywhere. And if the Cowboys defense can make it ugly and you can run the football, you never know with these games. However, there is a reason why the Bengals are 7.5 point favorites heading into this game. That would be my number one matchup. And I actually had a question loaded up for you. Uh, What's one word to describe the Cowboys' chances of winning this bowl game. Just let me know what is your one word for that to happen. Let me see some of your comments here, by the way. Uh, I want to shout out Charlene Evans because I saw a comment that I wanted to mm, that I wanted to, to read. Thank you to Charlene. He says, Mauricio is awesome. Love this channel. Thank you. First and foremost, and shout out to Professor O because now I'm seeing that it was in reply, I believe, to Professor O, reminding you to get those likes in. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. I really appreciate it. And yeah, every like puts this show in front of more Cowboys fans. Gilbert says, I think it's up to Ezekiel Elliott to make a difference. Shout out to Eliu Varela, who says Micah is going to sack five times. He's going to sack Burrow five times. There you go. Hopefully. Gregory, if we have any chance in this game, we must run and run again. And not abandon it, right? We'll get into more of that later. What is one word to describe the Cowboys' chances of winning? Miracles is Toxic Tom. 7-Eleven says, low Gregory goes with slim. I love this one from Sensei. Negligible. Negligible. <laughs> Negligible. I'm sorry. Uh, Hollis is optimistic. Any given Sunday, says Gilbert. That is three words, but I will allow it. Kenneth Fraser says, I have confidence. Ryan says, wings on the bone. I will go, man, I will go with ugly. Because not not only to describe the Cowboys' chances chances themselves, but rather to describe what kind of game it has to be for for the Cowboys to have a chance. Because think about it. Last last week, we talked about the Cowboys-Bucks game being an ugly, low-scoring affair. 
that were that those were our expectations here on prime time when we previewed the game, especially on Thursday. We went with the under when Evan Winter, the box expert, was in here. We were talking about how ugly it could get, and it did. The Buccaneers ended up winning 19 to 3 because the Cowboys offense couldn't do anything at all. But it was an ugly game. At least the Cowboys defense gave Dallas that chance. Now, the Cowboys defense was not perfect. There were a lot of red zone trips. Uh, Bob Sturm has driven home the point that the Buccaneers were running towards the Cowboys left side consistently. And, you know, the tape agrees with that for sure. Trevon Diggs, a liability in the run game. You know that the Bengals will like to run the football too, by the way. But the Cowboys defense is good enough to make any game ugly and you're just one or two takeaways away to really making this a close one. And there is a reason why this betting spread was at, uh, at minus three for the Cowboys in the look-ahead lines. And of course, losing that Prescott just makes that betting spread completely meaningless and the odds makers need to come up with a new one and that's seven and a half. But there is a reason why that hasn't crept up even more towards the Bengals' favor. You, you, could, you could say that the Cowboys have a chance if the defense makes it truly ugly. Toxic Tom says, Mo, bet your life savings on the Cowboys. I think, I think you meant the Bengals, Toxic Tom, just based on just based on, on your feelings towards the Cowboys in this game. Maybe this is Professor O, negative. Mark Andrews says that we can. Trifling says Dallas Young. Luke Stoops says Dookie. I like these words for sure. One year says Dallas Young. One year, uh, I'm sorry, one year, did I miss something? Congrats, man, one year. Congratulations, Dallas Young. What happened to Dallas Young? Uh, happy one year, I guess, but, but what happened? I don't know if I... Uh, if I missed something, but shout out to Dallas Young, who is always tuning into primetime whenever he gets the chance. I know he's a busy guy from what I can see in the comments for sure. Let's see. <laughs> the not-so-toxic not so Jose Lupe Vela. There you go. I love that username there. Run the Mo Fobol, says Ryan Doyle. Run the Mo Fobol. There you go. Dallas Young has been a member for one year. Oh, I, I, the thing is, I think that from this streaming software, I cannot see that. So thank you for telling me. Shout out to Dallas Young. He has been a member for one year. Thank you for supporting ADC Sports Dallas that way for sure. But anyways, anyways, there are there are other reasons to be uh, to be maybe mm, I don't want to say optimistic, but there are some other reasons why this game could get ugly I would point towards one specifically the Bengals will still not have their original long snapper they will call up an undrafted rookie that they signed that actually was in a training camp battle with the original long snapper so he is good and he actually has all American honors from when he was in college playing for the Pittsburgh Panthers so this is not like a random guy they called off the street he was already on the practice squad his name is Cal Adamitis. He will come in to Cincinnati and he will long snap for them while Clark Harris is injured. But still, you could you could say that there is still something about that process that is interrupted or, or you will need to change it up. So I don't know what the Bengals' confidence level is 
to kick field goals in this game. And if at any point the Bengals can miss a field goal, you know the game can get even uglier. And this could even get, you know, in reach. Once more, I'm not giving any predictions. I'm not saying that the Cowboys will win or anything like that. I'm just pointing towards those matchups that could lead to an ugly game and to some sort of hope for the Cowboys. Jeffrey Miller says, how can we win this game? I just don't believe it can be done. And I fully get that. And I think most of us feel that, actually. I'm not trying to convince you that the Cowboys are going to win. I would say that the way to make it happen, though, would be with an ugly, ugly game forced by the Cowboys' defense. And can the offense look better at all? I don't know. I don't know. I actually might cheat here and look forward to the wish list. I don't know if you can get something done by running the football a little bit more. Maybe we get to see Jalen Tolbert for the first time. It's not promising that he was a healthy scratch in week one, but hey, we're looking for hope at this point. You guys know me. I always say that every time that you think that it can't be any worse, it's because probably it can be in reality. And that might be the case for, for Jalen Tolbert, but I, I do hope I, I do hope we at least get to see him. And I say hope in the most literal sense. Maybe he ends up surprising us. But let's talk about that. Let's talk about running the football because actually we have the Freeman Mazda stat of the week as we do every Wednesday night. And tonight we will go with an offensive stat from last weekend. What could be the silver lining for this Cowboys offense, especially now that they head into a Dak Prescott less stretch of games over the next few weeks. And the stat of the week presented to you by Freeman Mazda is the fact that Ezekiel Elliott not only averaged over five yards per carry on Sunday night, he also had a 70% success rate when running the football. This is according to runningbacksdon'tmatter.com. And that is quite the number because when you look at yards per carry, the number can be a little bit misleading. I think success rate is the number that you want to look at when you're trying to evaluate how a team did when running the football. And the Cowboys were running it quite well versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But as linebacker Devin White pointed post-game, they abandoned it for some reason. I think that the Bengals are a team that you can run on. They're not necessarily a weak team, but last year they were a middle-of-the-pack run defense throughout the 2021 season. They lost Larry Ogunjobi in the offseason, so their interior defensive line is not precisely the strongest one. I think that the Cowboys will be able to run the football. And even though I have a lot of concerns about the Cowboys' offense, I, I want to shout out Tyler Biotish for the, game, the, the way that he played on Sunday night. Tyler Smith might not be the perfect offensive lineman, but he can move people in the run game. He's quite strong, and we saw that once more in week one. I think that the Cowboys can run the football, and the stat of the week presented to you by Freeman Mazda is the fact that Ezekiel Elliott had a 70% success rate on Sunday night versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. And by the way, this leads me to a question from me to you. Over or under, make your bet. 
over or under. And I want to be very clear. I think that player props are not available for this game yet. So I made this number up over or under Ezekiel Elliott, 65 rushing yards on Sunday versus the Cincinnati Bengals. While you give me your answers, remember that this is the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. And let me talk to you about them and the ride of the week as well, because this time it is the CX-50 2.5S preferred plus. It starts at $34,340, 2.5 liter Sky Active G4 cylinder engine, all-wheel drive features. It's got a sunroof, rain-sensing wipers, a Wi-Fi hotspot, and a miles per gallon capacity of 24 in the city. That goes up to 30 when you are in the highway. So make sure you check out the CX-50 2.5S Preferred Plus. And hear me out. Check out the pictures on freemanmazda.net of the inside of this vehicle because it is a beauty. And remember that when you choose Freeman Mazda, you are choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. Let's see some of your answers here regarding Ezekiel Elliott's rushing yards. 65 yards. Might not sound like a lot, but that was more or less what Ezekiel Elliott averaged in 2021. Of course, you want him to run the football a little bit more because he averaged he averaged 58, 59 yards per game in 2021. You want him to, to get a higher number this Sunday just because you will lean on him. For example, versus the Vikings, though, last year, he was good for 60 rushing yards. Far from ideal. Let's see some of your answers, though, here. Over says Charlene Evans. Although, to be fair, just clarifying on that Vikings game, you did have two 100-yard receivers, which I think if someone had given that as a bold prediction, we would have been like, nah. But hey, Amari Cooper got over 100 yards and C.D. Lamp as well. However, there's no Amari Cooper now. There's only C.D. Lamp, and that's the, that's the pickle. That's why we want the Cowboys to run the football a lot. Over. Pretty much everyone's going with the over. From what I can see, Gregory says way over. Bruce is over. Mark Andrew over at Facebook also goes with the over. Kenneth two times over says Parsons. So there you go. Parsons is calling for a big, big game from Ezekiel Elliott. Over for Dallas Junk. Over because he has no choice. Let's see. They have no choice but to run. So it's got to be over says Jeffrey. Exactly. That, 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 is, that is a pretty good way to put it. There's no choice but to run. Corey Turner says, who they? Listen, shout out to Corey Turner because we get a lot of, of NFC East fans, uh, of Eagles. We've, we get a lot of Giants and Commanders. But the commitment from Corey Turner here to seek out interconference shows to represent his team you got to respect it. At the very least, you have to respect it, man. So shout out to him. <laughs> Bengals fans exist as Bruce got the use. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, let's see. Speeders playing this week, says Russell. I couldn't have asked for a better transition question or a better segue into the wish list. Because that would be number one probably on my list. I want to see Tyler Smith. 
And my question, I want to see Tyler Smith at guard and Jason Peters at left tackle. Here is my question, actually, from me to you. Truth or false, the Cowboys should move Tyler Smith inside and play Jason Peters at left tackle on Sunday. Now, there is a matter of, is Jason Peters ready in the first place? I would like to assume that he will be ready. Uh, Mike McCarthy didn't commit to anything on Wednesday morning about this. But man, I want to see Jason Peters at left tackle, and I want to see Tyler Smith at left guard. Now, credit to Tyler, though. Credit to Tyler. He played well on Sunday night. As I said earlier on the week, depending on what your expectations for him were, but I think that based on reasonable expectations, he played quite well. He got a bit here and there by Shaquille Barrett, but I mean, that's Shaquille Barrett at the end of the day. And this is the NFL, and he hadn't practiced as a tackle throughout training camp. So that was to be expected. But overall, you saw what maybe you wanted to see from Tyler Smith. The fact that he's got strength and he's got power that will make up for his technical deficiencies. Because he, he showed a lot of those. There were some reps in which he crossed his feet and he had the hands outside all in the same place. And I think John Owning pointed out that he wasn't as explosive out of his stance and you want him to be explosive out of his stance. Now, Terrence Steele, in my opinion, that's one of his biggest traits, in my opinion. That that explosiveness, that first step is quite quick. So he he makes, you know, uh, Tyler's explosiveness pales in comparison to Steele's. So there is that. But I want to see Peters not because of Tyler. I want to see Peters so we don't, we don't have to see Matt Farniak. Because, man, Farniak had a rough game on Sunday. And, you know, somebody pointed out earlier in the week, I don't know if it was here or, or on my show in Spanish, Primero Cowboys, somebody pointed out the fact that he was his center. And that's fine. But he's also kind of the guy that you would play at guard if Tyler Smith stays at tackle. And I, for one, I'm not interested in that. Now, Toxic, I can tell you something, though. I can tell you something. Because I've seen that this is a conversation because Jerry Jones kind of alluded to this in, on the radio today. Jason Peters is not playing at right tackle. I don't think he is. Unless, unless his role really is swing tackle, for the Cowboys and he's not going to see the field unless somebody gets injured. I don't think Peters changed his position. Not at 40 years old, not at this stage of his career. <laughs> Man, I got to read that a comment. You know that I need to read it. We'll get to it though later. Uh, I'd rather have Peters at right tackle, man. I, I get that, but that's, I don't think that happens though. The only reason that I could see Jason Peters playing at right tackle is if somebody gets injured, if Terrence Steele gets injured and he's truly the swing tackle and that's been the plan since day one, which I have my doubts that it is. I think that Jason Peters doesn't change positions at this stage of his career. I can see him starting week two. I could see that happening for sure. The guys in pro, and even though he, he didn't go to training camp, 
I would assume that he, he was staying ready for the opportunity. So I could see the Cowboys getting Jason Peters in the lineup, playing him in left tackle and moving Tyler Smith inside. That is something that I would like to see. That is one of my uh, number one. I, that might be my number one item on my wish list. You know that I love to read these kind of comments. So shout out to Holland too, who says, this kid sounds like Rue from Despicable Me. Cancel. <laughs> I love how he just added cancel at the end. Like it is settled. Mo has been canceled. Hole in two has it terminated. So <laughs> shout out to him. Thank you for the engagement. That always drives up the show. So we appreciate it. Russell says, I think 100,000 fans, 100K fans go to Dallas Stadium and boycott Jerry out. He ruins the team. So sick of Jerry. Awful. Man, it's kind of something that we are, we are already in the boycott Jerry phase of the season, and it's only week two. <laughs> shout, out to, shout out to Joey Bella, who says Big Mao is a boss with a college degree. Yeah, I should, I should frame the, the college degree and just have it here so people, so people at least know about my age. Maybe they can still hate on, on the boys. Maybe they can still hate on the Gru-like boys. But at least they, they can see that, hey, I've got my college degree, like Joey Bella says. <laughs> Shout out to Joey. Thank you for the support. Uh, Sign Eric Fisher as well, so 7-Eleven. I don't think that will happen. I just don't like the idea, says Toxic Tom, of a rookie getting no continuity at a single position all year. That's fair. That's definitely fair, and that's something that I actually agree with. But what, what gives Tyler Smith more continuity? Going back into the position that he worked for during the entire training camp? I think it's early enough for you to pull that off. Let's single say quarterbacks as Eric Lee Contreras. Let's see, let's sign a quarterback, I think, is what Eric Lee meant there. Doesn't sound like the Cowboys will do that, by the way. And we could take that as a, a sign of optimism from the team regarding Dak Prescott's timetable to return. Or we could also take that as just the Cowboys failing to be proactive once more and just sticking with their guy, who is Cooper Rush. There are a lot of medical reports, though, out there that there is some legit optimism regarding Prescott and that he could be back earlier than expected. Hopefully, that is the case. Moving on, though, more uh, another item on my wish list. As I said at the beginning of the show, I want to see crazy defensive looks from Dan Quinn. I went through the old 22 tape again this morning, and you got to love some of these defensive plays that Dan Quinn play, uh, throws out there. We saw a lot of simulated pressures. We saw a lot of those NASCAR-like fronts that we like to talk about here on Primetime with multiple defensive ends over the middle. We saw Big Dime at one point. We saw some crazy formations and personnel groupings from Dan Quinn. And I want to see that up front specifically to confuse that offensive line from the Bengals that we discussed earlier on the show. 
I kind of want to see Jalen Tolbert. I don't know what you guys think about that. I want to see Jalen Tolbert because I want to see something different from Dennis Houston and Noah Brown. Listen, that was not it. The Bucs did not respect them at all. Nor should they, probably. I don't know what Jalen Tolbert being inactive was all about because it can be about a lot of different things. It can be about straight up Jalen Tolbert not being better than Noah Brown and Dennis Houston. It could be about him being inconsistent and the Cowboys wanting to send a message to the third round draft pick. It could be any of those two. And if it's the latter, screw that. Give me the inconsistency because I think that Jalen Tolbert can bring more to the table. But if, if it is straight up being a lesser player, then that's concerning. But I want to see that myself, at least. Uh, that might be a biased wish list, but I am worried like Toxic Tom is about Jalen Tolbert, and I want to get to see him. Give us Jalen Tolbert. Try to change it up. Now, I want to see something from Kevontae Turpin as well. Something, whatever. But give me something to feel better about where we are at with the former USFL MVP. Because we didn't see the special teams magic in week one. Let me, you know, feed me back that optimism regarding Turpin. And we saw a grand total of two offensive snaps from Turpin. And he is taking one of those active spots. So that matters. We need to see something on that front, I, I think. Whether it's some designed gadget plays or some legit routes from Kevontae Turpin. Or at the very least, let's see something special on special teams, right? Let's see if Turpin can, can, can take that step on Sunday. I'm not giving up on him after just one week. I'm just saying I saw absolutely nothing in the season opener. Nobody did. I want to see, like, if, if we're going to get even crazier with the wish list, I want to see Kevontae Turpin just running in a straight line down the field. Let's see what happens. Let's see if you can get him isolated. And with just, uh, you drank too much of his Kool-Aid, says Gregory. <laughs> but I want to see, I want to see that. And with the coverage is condensing towards CD Lamp every single play. I want to see that a go route for Kevontae Turpin. 7-Eleven says if Jalen Tolbert can't get on the field with our wide receivers, then what's that say about him? So 7-Eleven. Exactly. That, that was disappointing. I get why it happened and everything. But it's still disappointing the fact that Jalen Tolbert didn't earn to be active. That's the disappointing part. I'm not even hating the decision to make Tolbert inactive. What's disappointing is that what led to that decision. As Eltina says, Tolbert didn't earn it. Turpin needs Kellen to put him in position to succeed. He wasn't even in position. Forget about being in position to succeed. He wasn't even on the field last weekend. So hopefully that changes on Sunday. That's another item on my wish list. 7-Eleven says same with Sam Williams. Hey, we're going to we're going to to get on uh, 
an opportunity to watch more of Sam Williams with Tyrell Basham being injured. Hopefully that works out as well. But, you know, be, be cautious with your optimism because I wouldn't bank on a huge game there either. We'll see, man. We'll see what happens. That would be my wish list. Tomorrow night, we have the final preview show of the week on primetime because tomorrow night we will close out the week and we will get into the betting the Cowboys segment every week. For those of you who are new, we make a single bet on the Cowboys game. And it everything flies. It can be uh, a spread. It can be an, a team total. It can be a game total. Last week, we took the under. So we are off to a good start. 1-0. Last year, we had a 56% hit rate, which is a winning record. We went 9-7, and seven, if, I'm, if I am remembering correctly. And as long as we are over 52.4%, we are profitable. And that's the goal at the end of the year. We'll see if we get there because last year we had some rough spots. We, we, we had some hot streaks. We had some cold streaks. That's how betting works. We are off to, an, to a 1-0 start. Looking forward to tomorrow's segment of betting the Cowboys. We'll see what the pick is there. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining the show. Do me a favor. Hit the like button. Share the stream if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let your friends know about Primetime. This show was presented to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net, along with the stat of the week as well. Pomo's got bills to pay. This is Toxic Tom. Man, I, I've always enjoyed sports betting. Always. My family is into watching sports because of sports betting. That's a real anecdote. Like, my family started watching sports because they discovered sports betting. <laughs> Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your comments. I appreciate the love. And I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central, as every Sunday through Thursday night. Thank you to Holly. Thank you to Joey Vela, Charlene, uh, Gregory, all of your comments. Uh, thank you for those. And I will see you tomorrow night. Adios. Nos vemos. Hasta mañana jueves.